Hello, and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, Kelly Hallahan shares the story of her first half marathon, which she ran less than a year after having aortic valve replacement surgery. Yeah, we're talking like open heart surgery, donor parts, you know, stitching, sewing, the whole nine yards, or the whole 13.1 miles here. Um, As one can imagine, one can learn a lot about life uh, and surgeries while waiting for a open heart surgery. And so Kaylee gives us a small lesson in modern day cardiological practices and then uh, specifically like the Ross procedure and aortic stenosis. So uh, we get into what that was like and then we get into what it was like on race day at the Oak Tree Half Marathon. I can't even imagine what it would be like standing at the starting line of a half marathon with your heart and some parts of somebody else's heart. And, you know, just, uh, yeah, boy, that had to be. Anyways, listen, find out what it was like. Uh, And then running, yeah, 13.1 miles. Talk about feeling alive. Um, So after talking about her first half marathon, Kaylee even shares a little bit about what races might be coming up in the future. With that, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of runners just like you. Well, it's awesome. I mean, I actually experienced it kind of recently because I was at one of Rochester Running Company's group runs, their Fairport run on Monday, and there was a girl there, and she was going to one of their group runs for the first time. And we were chatting for a little bit, and um, we were talking about our pets, and I was, like, talking about my dog. And she was saying um, that she loves her dog, and I was telling her that my parents have my dog right now. We got into that whole backstory about why my parents have my dog. And I'm like, oh, well, I actually was home on Long Island for a long time last year, recovering after I had open heart surgery. And she kind of like stopped. She goes, oh my, she goes, you're the one who had open heart surgery that was featured on Rochester Running Company's Facebook page. I was like, I am. And she was like, I'm really happy I ran into you. I go, are you? And she goes, yeah, well, my dad had open heart surgery just a few months ago. And when I heard about your story, I told him immediately, like, look at this girl. She's out there running like she just ran a half marathon and she finished. And he was really inspired by it. And then she was like, if you don't mind me asking, what did you get heart surgery for? And I said, well, I was born with a congenital heart defect. I had aortic stenosis and I got something called a Ross procedure to replace my valve. And she goes, you're kidding. I go, what? She goes, my dad had had aortic stenosis also. She goes, that's why he had heart surgery. And it was just kind of funny because it was like, just at one of these group runs, we like kind of connected on that level of like, wow, we really have something more in common than we wow. did before. Like that, like... Just yeah. like that. Yeah, just like that. We were just sitting by a fire outside um, the Fairport Brewing Company. They yeah. had that nice little like Kindle out there, and we were just relaxing. We were just chatting, talking about our dogs, and it came up. Wow. 
That is so that that's exactly it, right? Like we're runners, we do all this weird stuff in like our lives, and then we think, okay, what we're doing is we're just running, right? And it's not. It's there's this connection that can happen through lots of heavy breathing and exhaustion and being tired where it opens you up to share something that maybe you normally wouldn't share with just somebody on a street, you know? Yeah, well, I feel like people who run the same courses also, even if you weren't running right next to each other, you kind of share that memory. Right. And I think the other the other thing is, you know, maybe it's our current culture where we're not so inclined to, like, smile and nod at a stranger, right? We kind of keep our head down. People are in their phones or listening in their earbuds, and you're not always, like, inclined to just make small talk and say, oh, hey, how are you doing? How was your day today, you know? People sit on the bus. They don't make friends on the bus. So that time when you're actually running is people time. Yeah. Well, I was actually saying, too, like, I'm relatively new to running. Um, I really got into it, actually, after I had heart surgery. And things that I suggest to other people who are looking to get into running and they're telling me that they're having trouble keeping, like, a pace for them, I said, well, run with somebody else. And they're like, oh, well, I'm not much into talking while I'm running. I'm like, well, it's actually a great strategy to be running and talking. I'm like, because if you're able to carry a conversation while you're maintaining a pace, then you're running the right pace. Right, exactly. <laughs> then you're running nice and easy. And so you're a beginner and you're already giving advice. You're already a pro at giving <laughs> advice. Well, I wouldn't say that, but <laughs> I enjoy it. So um, so we sort of you started off right away. I mean, what was remarkable and what kind of caught my eye Um was you ran a half marathon. And before that, you had open heart surgery, right? Like, now, did that, hmm, did did you start running after or before, or did running sort of bring it, where was running, how does running surround your surgery? So the inspiration actually came from my surgeon himself. Before I got open heart surgery, I casually ran, maybe on the weekends here or there just to stay in shape, but never really more than a mile, just like a casual runner. Um, And when I found out that I needed open heart surgery, I met with the surgeon and obviously I was shocked by this news and kind of scared and worried. And to comfort me, he goes, you're going to be in better shape after this than you were before. He goes, you're going to be able to run a marathon. And I said, maybe I'll start with a half marathon. (laughs) Maybe that's how I'll get started with a half. Um, so did this, did your um, your heart condition sort of affect you when you were younger or and did it like get exacerbated somehow as you got older? Yeah, that's exactly what happened actually. So I was born with a congenital heart defect called aortic stenosis. Um, it's basically when your aorta um, has a deformed valve, which prevents blood from leaking mm-hmm. backwards. And when I was younger, I had angioplasty. So I had a few surgeries. I wasn't allowed to participate in field day or like gym class or like ever run the mile in school. Um, but that was mostly for like liability. So I had restrictions, but I was still an active kid. I ran around with my friends. We played manhunt, tag, whatever, hide and seek. Um, and then when I got older, I began to continue my like being active. But um, the day after Christmas, I had a routine checkup. So this kind of came out out of nowhere. I had a routine checkup the day after Christmas and they detected a strange irregular pressure gradient and they looked into it more and they said, wow, they're like, you are showing um, signs of possibly having a heart attack. And this came as a total shock to me because they were like, have you been passing out? Have you been feeling lightheaded? And I'm like, 
No, I'm like, (laughs) not at all. I'm like, I've been going about my business, riding my bike, doing my casual jogs around the block. So it kind of came up as a surprise. Um, It was kind of a sudden thing, but... Yeah. Yeah. And then that just sort of, okay, let's let's fix it. Yeah. Then we just went straight to, what's the solution here? How are we going to go about this? And I had a few more doctor's appointments. I'm from Long Island originally, but I was referred to the Cleveland Clinic, actually. And they're the number one hospital in cardiac care in the United States. And they sent me up there. And once I got an appointment there, it was like, found out December that I needed open heart surgery, met at the Cleveland Clinic in February. And by St. Patrick's Day, I had my open heart surgery. Wow. So life was moving at warp speed. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. Wow. Um, So you grew up in Long Island. And what brought, did you come to Rochester for school? Yeah, I went to Geneseo, actually. Cool. So I've been up here the past five years. I graduated from Geneseo in 2016. And then last year, I started working. I'm a teacher. Okay. So you went Geneseo four years, and now you teach, what what, uh, school do you teach at? I teach at Newark this year. I taught at Greece last year. And I teach, well, I teach science. I teach bio, but I've taught chem. I've taught middle school science. I do it all. Very cool. And so, so do you like you purposely wear wear like the shirt where everybody can see just a little bit of a scar hanging out? Oh so that... yeah, but I tell them it's a bear fight. Exactly, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. You show up. This is this is what happened the last time a student messed with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? You should see what he looks like. <laughs> so okay, you they fix you up now. Open heart surgery can mean any number of things, right? Um, so did they like fix you up and put some new pieces in? I, I'm, I'm not a cardiologist, so I don't really know. Yeah, no, I got a procedure called the Ross procedure. Right. Um, and the best way to describe this is just to say that it's replumbing. So what they did was they took out my aortic valve. That's what was broken. They just got rid of that. Then they put my pulmonary valve in the aortic position because it grafts your own tissue, grafts really well against your own valve. And your aortic valve is your kind of most powerful, most used valve. So they put my own tissue there, and then they put a donor valve in the pulmonary position. So I had double valve replacement, but only one of them was broken. Wow. So yeah, replumbing. Yeah. Sometimes you got to fix things that aren't broken just so they could keep up with the better stuff, right? Yeah, I say it's gently used, but it runs well. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And so what was that? Uh, so your your surgeon is the guy that kind of goes, "Hey, you should really run after this." And did you did you believe him? Like, were you were you okay, gung ho? I'm gonna I'm gonna go and attack this, or were you feeling kind of? Honestly, in the moment, no, it just didn't click. It was after I woke up from the surgery, and really started um, working towards walking. Um, that I was like just taking it literally one step at a time and once I got into walking pretty regularly my sister um said you know are you actually gonna run that half marathon that your surgeon suggested I was like yeah why not (laughs) and my whole family actually trained with me they all ran it my dad my brother my sister my sister's fiance my sister's fiance's mom it was a whole family ordeal that's awesome were were any of them runners before um, my sister and my brother are. My brother is actually a competitive track runner. Um, he runs at Geneseo. Oh, so okay. he's a college runner. And my sister ran one year of college track and was a runner all of high school. So I was kind of the odd man out growing up. But mm-hmm. they were runners and they kind of just dove right into it. My brother, because he's in great shape from a track, he came in like the top three of his age group during nice. the race that we did. Um, and my sister, she paced herself to me. So we finished together. All right. Cool. That's, you know. 
That's what it's all about anyway, right? I mean, it's oh, yeah, they're having fun. We all had one goal because none of us had run a half marathon before. So I said that they were runners, but they had never run a half marathon before. And our one goal was to finish. So the entire family runs their half marathon together. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, my mom didn't run a half marathon, but she ran the 5K that was there also. So. Right. So uh, for people that don't know, what, what half did you run? Um, the oak tree right. half in um, Geneseo. Right. And so that oak tree is known for being really fast and really competitive, right? And yeah. So, so you're standing around checking out all the runners when you were there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm already kind of thinking about my next race. Really? Yeah. I've been staying in shape. I'm hoping to run um, the Red Baron race in Corning in a few weeks. Wow, in a few weeks. Yeah. And you just ran you just ran oak tree last month. So, yeah. So this is good, right? You're good to go. You, you don't have any questions about this uh, slightly used but runs well parts and pieces yeah no not at all i mean i finished cardiac rehab in may and they were like okay we'll see you in six months i'm like six months <laughs> i just had open heart surgery three months ago and they're like no you're good to go i was like okay i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna use it now they're like you do that <laughs> wow i got i got lasik done and they saw me like four times within the first two months <laughs> they're like come back tomorrow come back three days come back next week come back next month come back three months <laughs> I mean, they were all over it. No, yeah, they were just like, you're in really good shape. You bounce back pretty quickly. They're like, we don't even see you. I was like, okay. <laughs> wow. So is this is this how you were like before before you got um, your surgery? Were you awful? Were you awesome? Like, okay, this is great. I'm happy. I love everything. Or were you kind of like, you know, down in the dumps? Or was it just, is it is it an event for you? Like, oh, at one point I didn't need open heart surgery. Then I got it. And now I'm just moving on, or has it cha- have things changed at all? It no, that's it's interesting that you ask that because there's the before I knew I needed open heart surgery, the period when I needed it but didn't have it yet, and the period after. Right. I can really mark the different points in my life, um, because each one has offered me a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the best way to say that I was before I got the surgery, but after I knew was I was just kind of nervous. I had a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. kind of going into the surgery. I felt like a ticking time bomb. Right. And I also felt like in a weird way that I was like keeping a secret that I was like, whenever I was in a room, I was like, this person doesn't know that I'm like, <laughs> right. That I'm like, I guess kind of sick right now. And I felt like I was like keeping a secret. And then after I had it, it was very liberating, right? Very liberating. And the life I have now is actually much higher quality than it was before because, like I said, I had physical restrictions as a kid and even as a young adult, but now it's just like run a half marathon. You can do it. Like, <laughs> go for it. And I've been trying all these new things. I've been rock climbing. and Cool. Yeah. And so, I mean, that that thing, that lingering part where, you you know, you know something needs to change, something needs to get fixed. I think a lot of people are that way when – Maybe they're um, they got a bad knee, or maybe they're a little bit overweight, or maybe they um, they're just they don't know the trails, or they don't know any runners, and they they got this lingering of like, uh, I'm not too certain about you know I don't really want to run because of X, or I think something bad might happen because of Y. You had this giant looming thing over you, right? Like you said, ticking time bomb, and and 
it, it was removed, right? And so I think you remove those little little fears, and in your case, a bigger fear. But if you remove the little fear of like, I don't know anybody. Well, you meet someone. I don't know where I'm going. Okay, well, find out, right? And once you remove that fear, there is that liberation. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's the elephant inside your head. I even experienced it slightly after because I had come accustomed in that the dark ages, we'll call it, when I knew I needed <laughs> open heart surgery, to being very careful to not overexerting myself to really holding myself back and after I had recovered quite a bit I was nervous to start running I wanted to do this half marathon but I was really afraid because I was now accustomed to just being like oh no I can't I can't push myself like that so at cardiac rehab on which I did at the U of R they really helped me conquer the elephant inside my head I'll call it because the other people didn't know that this was going on inside my head but I definitely felt it and they had me hooked up to all of these sorts of heart monitors and had me running on a treadmill and when they were watching my heart and they saw me running on a treadmill and they're like wow your heart's really healthy you're doing really great it kind of reassured me that like oh like I can do this (laughs) like it's okay and it was just kind of do taking that first step yeah and after I finished cardiac rehab is really when I was able to start training for this half marathon even though I was capable of it a little bit before right because it like you said it was like addressing that first little fear inside your head and saying you know yeah this is something that I'm actually able to do this is something that anybody can do right and you had science now you had science to help yeah I teach I teach science so science is my friend it's definitely something that I want on my side (laughs) right so let's let's talk about this half marathon let's talk about this big momentous occasion right so you never run one before. Um, did you Did you have a training plan? Um, did you have a coach? Any of that kind of stuff? I didn't have a coach per se, but Greg at Rochester Running Company really set up my training plan for me. Okay. And I was doing like two short runs a week and then my long run on the weekends with some cross training days in there. And I trained for about eight weeks leading mm-hmm. up to it. Um, me and my siblings and my whole family kind of followed the same general plan. Um, and... It was. It worked really well for me. I had to hold myself really accountable to the plan because early in the time, I would be like, "Do I really want to go on my run today?" And I felt myself not making progress. But once I committed, right. And did you have days where you might wake up and be like, "Oh, you know, my I guess for lack of my heart's not in it today." Like, did you have those mornings where you just like, "Nah, I've done enough." Um. In regards to the weather, actually, is a thing that I found. So on race day, it actually rained, and I realized that I had never run in the rain before because I had skipped all of my runs whenever the weather was poor. So I had never run in the rain and it was something I was really nervous to do on race day. I was like, what do we do? And everybody's like, you just, you know, one one foot in front of the other. It's the same way you always have. There's water falling from the sky. That's um I I when I was in a group training program people used to skip the bad weather days and I would say well, what if it rains on marathon day and they'd be like well I'll deal with it then and I'm like no you got it that's but it's funny that um that happened and uh it's just one more little piece of adversity right one more little thing yeah one little thing one the, little hill was it that, that resolve like I trained for this <laughs> oh yeah there was no there was no going back it, yeah. it could have been hailing and I would have finished that race. <laughs> So, okay, did you, um, so Greg did the training plan for you. Did Greg also like do your, uh, here's what you should eat, here's what you should do, like here's the things you should wear type stuff as well? Yeah, he definitely helped verse me in the different things that runners eat on their long runs with the goos and the gels, you know, he's yeah. the expert. Um, oh boy. <laughs> 
<laughs> and what the what to wear? It's funny you brought that up too because, like I said, I didn't know it was gonna rain, and then it was race day, and that's when I realized it was raining that morning. And I had slept in Geneseo the night before because I didn't want to drive out that early. And like I said, my brother goes to school there, so I stayed with him. And I was like, what do you wear in the rain? And he was like, oh, well, you have to wear, like, a coat that can, like, wicker it off, but is also breathable. And he's explaining all the different materials. I was like, I don't have that. <laughs> so I wore my brother's clothes while I was running this nice. race. Yeah, so I have this nice little baggy look to me in all the pictures. Yeah. So what did he wear then? He just had an extra one. Like, oh, yeah, he's like, you know. And he was going to be done quickly. Oh, yeah, he, he just flew through it. Like, <laughs> rain didn't even touch him. <laughs> <laughs> Three of the raindrops. So... Okay, now um, your parents are there, your sister's there. Everybody stay to your brother's? Just crash your brother's house? <laughs> no, my brother's apartment is way too small for that. The rest of my family stayed at a hotel. Okay. But right. me and my brother are very close, so yeah. he kind of wanted to spend the night before the race with yeah. me. You know, the night before the race is like, you know, kind of like the big deal. It's like, yeah. it feels like Christmas Eve. It know? does, definitely. It, and, you know, it, that, ra- that feeling almost never goes away. If you work hard enough to get to that race... That feeling is still always there. Yeah. I mean, I was telling him the night before the race, I'm like, I haven't been nervous about this until right now. I'm like, why am I like nervous? And he goes, Kaylee, I have been running track for over eight years right now. He goes, and I'm nervous about tomorrow. <laughs> he goes, it's not fun if you're not nervous. Right. That, that that's that's how you're leading up to a big celebration. You know, you're always nervous before a big party. Yeah. So, um, okay. So you all get together at the start line and what what's your first start line like you know well i had all those nerves even right up until when we were at the start line and the second like that gun went off that started the race it was just like everything disappeared it was just me and the race then and we all kind of decided that we were going to stay at our own paces except for my sister who decided that she was going to stick with me and her foot was actually injured so like i said she's a track runner um and her pace might have been a little bit ahead of me usually but um, it worked out for us right now. And the gun went off, and it was funny because at Oak Tree, the way the race works is the first um, kind of, like, lag that you do loops. And me and my sister are about halfway down, like, the first part of the loop, and we see my brother going the other way already. He, like, high-fives us. And it, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it was a little, like, energizer bunny moment because then I was like, you know, this is a fun thing that we're doing. Yeah, there you go. And did you have um – were there highlights during the race? What what were some of the some of the things where like that one? Were there other parts like that that stood out to you? Yeah, well, I had my little like roadside crew that was looking out for me, and every three miles, um, I ran past them, and they had water if I wanted it, or snacks if I wanted it, and they were um, playing music. They had a huge speaker, and every time that I ran past, I switched a song to like one of my favorite <laughs> songs. Nice, cool, like Party in the USA, right? That's- yeah, oh, of course. <laughs> That's the jam. I love that song. Um, okay. Were there any low points of the race? Oh, yeah. The last, not the last mile, the 11th mile. Yeah. So like the second to last one, there's this huge hill at the end of that course. And I wouldn't say it's particularly steep. It's just very long. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you feel yourself slowing down and you're like, <laughs> is there an end here in sight? And you can't see the finish line from this point. Yeah. And um, there was like a point where I like started to slow reel down. And my sister, she was like, maybe a, like a hundred yards in front of me. And she turns around and she's like, you coming? And, I, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm back in it. <laughs> I'm back uh, in it. Right. 
She just had to give you that poke. Yeah, and I scurried up to her. Nice. And then and then you're finished. Yeah, you're then all I done. finished. Yeah, we were, me and my sister, we were holding hands, hand in hand, and we... There we, you go. We kind of sprinted the finish, and she was like, oh, slow down there, cowboy. <laughs> She's like... This ain't a track meet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but once I saw it, I was like, there it is. There it I'm is. I'm so close. Cool. And so you're, you you didn't say, okay, one and done. I had my life transformational event. You're, you're officially like a full-on runner now. Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm a little bit converted. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a little bit infectious. I you feel know? like if I don't get my run in now, I get a little cranky. Yeah. <laughs> cranky exact you know it's a it's a mood moderator too it is it is i like feel like i need my fix yeah do you uh you said you do other things like rock climbing and yeah rock climbing and my other big thing is i like to bike i ride right. my bike like Oof. cycle i've never done like races or anything but i was kind of known for riding my bike before i was known for running right <laughs> i always post pictures on my instagram of me and my, me and my bike we call right. it kaylee's bike life and <laughs> all my friends call me bike girl so bike girl well now they're gonna have to call you runner girl yeah we're gonna have to change titles yeah you're you're two for three in triathlon world is yeah that, is that a thing out there that you know you're looking well, at i failed swimming lessons three times oh. in a row so probably not <laughs> You and I will sit with the fun noodles on yeah. the side of the pool. My mom always jokes, she's like, you're from Long Island and you failed swimming lessons. <laughs> That's okay. You say, mom, look, I can run half marathons. Yeah, now. and I'm like, I can do the doggy paddle. I can stay mm. afloat. Yeah, I know I know enough to not, like, drown, you yeah. know, but it gets exhausting after a while. But I knew swimming wasn't for me when my brother caught up to my swimming level and he's three years younger than me. <laughs> oh, and you were like, so you're like six being outswam by a three-year-old? Yeah, literally. <laughs> exactly what happened yeah my my kids can outswim me now my, my wife is a huge swimmer she can like tread water and pick them up out of the water and throw them that's amazing like, i'm always so impressed when people are treading water with their hands out i'm like yeah. i need all four limbs yeah i need everything i got so yeah maybe maybe we can figure out how to conquer a triathlon someday yeah you know together we'll do that and then we'll We'll be, we'll be pros at the running and the cycling. Yeah, that'll come easy. Yeah. Like, I think traditionally the swim comes first, so we'll just get it out of the way and, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> then do our thing. Be exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> Doggy paddle all the way there. Have the course sweeper behind us. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I think you can get the modified things where they let fun noodles be in there. I was just going to suggest that we use noodles. I love, like, yeah. just hanging out on my noodle when I'm in the pool. Yep, a noodle and a koozie. That's yeah. cool. That's my deal. Uh, okay, um, Red Baron, right? That's your big race. So yeah, you're, so you're up. gonna do it, right? Like this isn't an I want to do this. This is like you're signed up and ready. I'm not signed up yet. Oh, guilty as charged, but oh. I am training. Okay. <laughs> okay, but you're training, so that's fine. Signups are easy. Yeah, it's just, just filling out the form. The internet, the click of a button these days. Yeah. You know? All right. Um, and now that one. Are you gonna Are you gonna try to push a little bit more? No. I am. That's actually how I've shifted my training. Is I'm trying to go a little bit faster now, and I think I could have gone a little bit faster um, during my last race, but I felt like my goal was just to finish and to enjoy that race, so I did. But now I've been kind of working on speed training, and it's a little bit different. It's fun. It's exciting. So you're not just a runner now; you're a competitive runner. A competitive. Now. <laughs> exactly. Wow. And I'm excited to do it that at this course because. Um, I believe Courtney is pretty flat. Mm-hmm. So at Genesee, I was experiencing a lot of the hills. So really like keeping my stamina was important. 
for that right. race. And though you want to keep your stamina on the flat course also, it's going to be a little bit easier, I think, to push myself speed-wise. Yeah, and and now you have that extra, like, confidence builder, right? You have that that thing that is, you know, not there anymore, which is can I do a half marathon? Yeah, I did this once so I could do it again. That's And it's kind of a big deal. Like, So were you around two hours or over two hours, like two and a half? I was just under two and a half, so I was right. like two hours and 26 so, minutes. So you found out that you can basically exert yourself for, for two and a half hours running in the rain and and be okay with that yeah right so and not just okay with it but like happy with it right so what does that what does that mean like i think it means that there's a lot of joy in this world (laughs) i guess i think it means that like silly things make people excited because i was running that race at one point and i was like wow i'm pushing myself to go a really far distance for no other reason besides to prove to myself that i can and I'm like, and it's making me incredibly happy. <laughs> I think it's just fun to push our boundaries. Yeah. And to see exactly what the limit is. We're hopefully not finding the limit, but. <laughs> right. I think it's really nice to like do these things and you kind of discover, I guess, new frontiers, mm-hmm. you know? All right. So your your surgeon actually suggested a marathon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he didn't suggest you could run a half marathon. He was pretty confident in your ability to do that. Yeah, so I feel like long term, like I owe it to him, Dr. Pedersen. <laughs> Dr. Pedersen. Yeah. At the Cleveland Clinic. At huh? the Cleveland Clinic. I swear yeah. this man has the hands of God. <laughs> that is super cool. So if um if you have now you have yourself a coach, a, a running guru, you got you got Greg, uh, you're kind of laying out training plans and feeding you gels. And, you know, you should get to him on some winter running clothes, though. Like, that's that's going to be important next, you know. Yeah, staying so, warm because I've never I've never run, been a runner during the cold months. Yeah, and it's it's fun to run outside in the winter no matter what anybody tells you. Don't let them, don't let them talk you into the treadmill. You can run outside in the winter, absolutely. I have some friends who are trying to convince me into doing the half marathon in January. It's mm-hmm. over here in Rochester. Do you know? The Winter Warrior? Yes, the Winter yeah. Warrior. That is the race that they wanted to do. But I'm like, I'm not sure if I want to run a half marathon in below freezing weather. But they seem to think that it'll be fun. So That one, I've run that one. Mm-hmm. Um, the intro, There's two ways you can run that. Um, you can get it done as quick as you possibly can. <laughs> or you can stay as warm as you possibly can. Um, it's a loop uh, course, so that makes it a little bit more interesting. Um, and then there's relay as well. The thing about the relay is the relay runners, while they're waiting, get a little chilly, you know. Yeah. But um, it, it can be fun if you're with the right group of people. Um, it's interesting because it's at wintertime, so it can get dark near the end of the race. So you might have light and dark. Um, and then it all depends on what your weather is, you know, your wind. Wind is, wind is the enemy of the winter runner. Nothing else really. You can put feet on your. You can put things on your feet for ice. You can get nice warm socks and good shoes, and you can get, um, you know, good pants. And snow is just snow. You you already got strong heart, so <laughs> you could deal with stepping in and out of snow. Um, but wind is the thing. A nice wind chill will really dampen, you know, any kind of spirits on a winter run. So when you ran your race, did you choose to do it fast and get over with or stay warm? <laughs> I did it as fast as I could. <laughs> I did not want to stay out there. Um, I had on regular running gear. I had a wind jacket and I had a, I had a pair of tights and a hat and that was it. I, I was just gone. I needed to be done. 
Now, I'm not a particularly fast runner, so I think it was like one, 145 maybe for the half, but um, I, I, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't into like running like a Stay Puff Snowman, you know, a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. But you got other races that you can do leading up to the Winter Wire half to keep you kind of fresh and ready. Yeah, there's a lot of great 5Ks, I find, especially in, like, the fall time, I guess, yeah. around, like, Halloween and Thanksgiving. Yeah. There's a lot of nice kind of fall festival. So well, you've already been looking. You've already, you're already searching yeah, for other races. Yeah, I'm perusing, you might say. Yeah, <laughs> shopping around. Yeah, I'm looking for one that I can wear a Halloween costume during. Oh, okay. So there's one that I actually... I did the first, uh, so Pumpkins in a Park has costumes and Scare Brain Cancer Away does too. And um, those are Rochester based ones. There's one that I did in Geneva called the Riley J's Booze and Brews. And it was, it's this little one that's, you know, on the water in Geneva. It's based out of this bar and all of the, um, all the money goes to this uh, camp for kids. But it was, I did it because it was something different. You know, it, it wasn't rochester running through the cemetery or those things are cool and i had i had done them so i was like i'm gonna go find a different little halloween race you know and sort of just me and the family we went and kind of had a thing where there was no other runner friends or no other you know people it was just kind of the four of us at this race and, and that was being really special yeah it was fun it was a neat thing uh and it's a downhill finish so, you know, you're already running fast in a 5K, and then you get to run downhill into the finish line. Awesome. Yeah, gets the heart pumping. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. All right. So one of the other things that I noticed when you had mentioned that Instagram post from the Rochester Running Company, and it was like, if Kaylee could all give you a little bit of advice right now, you know, and it was like Kaylee's advice corner. But it, <laughs> but it was pretty simple, wasn't it? Yeah. It would be to follow your passions and choose joy. Choose joy. That's it's pretty simple. Right? Yeah. No, it's really something that I've learned in the past year mm-hmm. is that sometimes you could choose to pout or sometimes you can choose joy. And I think that that's something that really got me through all of this that I experienced was saying, I'm going to choose joy in this moment. I'm, and it really helped me get out of my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you're going through that the recovery, right? You had to be in a place where you could have been like, "Oh, that fool! I run a half marathon. Oh boy, I'm just gonna, I'll be stuck here in this bed in Long Island forever," right? Yeah, you could have had those thoughts, and maybe you did. Yeah, right. well, that's where my family really became a huge part of the healing process. Was them always pushing me to choose joy, also because you're right. There were some days where I was like, "I don't feel good. I just want to stay in bed." And while you do have to stay in bed sometimes, it's important to remember when it's time to get out. And my dad would always be like, okay, we're going on a walk. And I'd be like, how far? And he'd go, around the block. I'm like, are you serious? We're going all the way around the block? Like, that's a mile. And he's like, he's like, yeah, if you get tired, we'll call mom. She'll come pick us up in the car. And every time it was like way easier than I thought it was going to be. And during those walks, I got to speak with my dad. I got outside. It was something that I enjoyed doing. And I felt like I was choosing joy. And I found that there was never a time where I chose joy that I wound up disappointed. Right. It's easy, almost. Yeah. (laughs) It's almost easy to choose joy. But you got it. Sometimes you need a friend, right, to kind of nudge you out. Yeah. Sometimes you need that just a little poke to say, hey, are you coming up the hill? What are you doing down there? Right. Yeah. I was really blessed, too, that I have such supportive and 
nice friends and family. Yeah. And uh, so you run a lot with the Rochester Running Company, the group runs, right? You're yes. out there occasionally. So anybody wants to come and hang out and hear all about all of the terms that you threw out earlier, <laughs> you can you can give them a crash course in cardiology. Yeah, I'd love to. It's what I do. I'm a science teacher. <laughs> there you go. I could bring my little whiteboard, some yeah. dry erase markers. <laughs> Kaylee's corner. Yeah. Right? That'd be kind of neat. Like you you know, you could you could tell people how their like speed workouts are generating red blood cells and gonna help them process oxygen faster and Yeah, talk science with me. <laughs> I know, right? It just makes me want to uh, get outside and do something good for my heart, for everyone's heart, or for anyone who might get this heart. Um, You know, just keep it healthy, just in case. Uh, You know, choose joy, be a little happier, kinder, grateful. (sighs) Thanks, Kaylee, for uh, brightening the day and shedding some perspective on things. And uh, I can't wait for Kaylee to come back and tell us about her first marathon. That'll be exciting. Um, If you haven't already, you know, consider signing them up to be an organ donor. At least get informed on what that might mean. Um, Your eyes can still see and your heart can still pump and you can have an amazing impact on somebody's life and their family after you've gone. By the way, Kaylee is the second runner on this podcast to have new opportunities thanks to uh, organ and tissue donors. You can find the other one in episode 30 if you'd like. Um, Life is pretty precious. So, you know, check out donatelife.org. Why not? Be sure to check out the episode show notes for links. You can find some of these topics we talked about, like aortic stenosis and Donate Life. Um, You can also find links to the Strava Run Group and the Patreon page. Speaking of Patreons, thanks to all the New supporters that joined this month in October. Pretty exciting. Uh, Ben Murphy, Jason Mintz, and Paul Hopkins, two of which were previous guests. Can you guess which two? And what's up with that third guy? Um, Also, thanks to the Kesslers for throwing their support behind the show, too. Sherry Kessler has been a guest on the show, but uh, her husband, Dave has eluded me thus far. What's up, Dave? Um, anyways, for serious, uh, thank you, patrons. Your continued financial support helps keep me improving this podcast. For instance, we're entering month three of this dedicated office space, and now it features an actual couch, so guests don't have to sit on camp chairs anymore. That's kind of neat. Um, So if you look forward to this podcast each week and it inspires, educates, or entertains you regularly, consider becoming a supporter. Check out the homepage, click on the banner, and know that any amount of support is greatly appreciated. Lastly, if if you want to chat about this episode with other listeners or simply share your stories, uh, drop a line on the Facebook page and consider joining the uh, Running In on 
do I know the name of my podcast? Uh, consider joining our Running Inside Out Slack, where we talk about all manner of things from what exactly is cheating in a race and what exactly is doping um, and who does it and at what level and all that. Um, we also just type we'll talk about what kind of shoes we're wearing or what kind of headlamps or whatever. It's like social media, but without the media. So if that sounds like your kind of place, check out the Strava group on the sidebar of the website for a link that will get you an invite. Thank you all for listening, subscribing, and telling your friends. Thanks for sharing your stories and getting out there to create more stories. Until next episode, be thankful for what you've been given, be proud of what you've achieved, and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.